This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Redefining Success, the show where we speak to passionate people from various fields about their careers and lives, what makes them tick and how they define success. I'm Dashan Johan. Joining me on today's episode is William Tiong. He's a Malaysian music business creative currently residing in Boston. He's also currently completing his final year in Berkeley. And I think this is going to be um, the majority of the focus of this conversation because he's the first student we are having on the show. Uh, not only that, he's also studying music formally, right? So I, I think that's very fascinating. Um, welcome to the show, William. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what does a music business creative mean exactly? So I was born and raised in KL and currently I'm based in Boston. I'm in my final year at Berklee College of Music. I major in songwriting and music business. And a music business creative, um, it kind of entails everything. It just means for me right now that I'm really passionate about the music business and also being creative within the music business. So I currently work as a talent relations ambassador for Berkeley. And essentially my role, my team, we function as sort of like an in-house talent agency for the college. And the goal is to build a solid pipeline between Berkeley and the music industry. So whenever we have people from record labels or management companies coming to Berkeley to look for talent, they come to our team. And my role is to scout like the right people for the right opportunities and pitch them for these opportunities. So there's like the pitching element to this role, but then there's also the development part, which is like more creative. And so if let's say I stumble across somebody that I think has the potential, um, but they may not quite be ready for like a big opportunity or to sign to a label yet. And then I would discuss with my team to like discuss strategy on like what they need to be doing to like take them to the next level. And so in a nutshell, this role is kind of like an A&R at a college capacity. And an A&R is essentially like the person from a record label, publishing company or management company who goes into the industry, dives into deep into Spotify, Apple Music, or goes to all the shows to try and find the next set of promising talents that they want to sign to their label. So I'm very curious, right? Because, um, you know, everybody knows, or many people know that Berkeley is is huge. Um, it is one of the most, um, you know, renowned music schools in the world. Um, but I find very fascinating how, you know, like you are this this sort of, um, you know, you, you talk about how record labels will approach your school um, and, and try to scout for talent. Um, is Does that happen very frequently, like um, that, you know, people from Berkeley then, you know, get funneled um, into record labels and, and so on and so forth? Um, uh, talk to me a little bit more about that because I, I think that's very fascinating. I would say it happens more often than I thought. Mm. I did not think as a student... When I first got to Berkeley, I was like, I mean, this is just school. Like, we're in school. I don't think anybody's really going to be coming here. And then, like, my Berkeley's pretty good in in terms of connections-wise. Like, there, it's definitely a very recognized school across the industry. And therefore, Berkeley has sort of... Um, Berkeley alumni has 
done a really great job at putting a good reputation out there for Berkeley students. And as a result, a lot of these um, executives have come to, at least in my experience, we've had like executives from all the three major labels come every year at some point. Um, ARs, managers, marketing executives, just to come speak to us, share some wisdom, but also, you know, that's an opportunity for students to pitch themselves for an internship. You know, sometimes there are listening sessions where these people come to listen to what Berkeley students are up to. And it's, uh, it's a pretty big deal because like a lot of times there will be people that get, you know, some, some songwriter plays like a song in like a listening session and then they get reached out to afterwards like, hey, I want to hear more. And then it could lead to something further. And we've had time and time again cases of people actually getting signed off of these people just coming to Berkeley and scouting for talent. Right. So tell me about two points in your life. The point where you fell in love with music and the point where you decided that one day you want to make a career out of it. You know, I grew up like I kind of first got into music like when I joined a choir at around like nine mm. and was like singing songs, you know, in in like primary school. And it was cool, you know, I was like, yeah, it's cool. And then it led to like some other things like doing musical theater. And then my parents put me in like classical violin and piano training, which I hated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was doing like, so music was kind of like a part of like my life growing up. But I never really viewed it as something as like, I don't think I fell in love with it then. It was like this thing that I was doing outside of classes that I was like, it was cool, you know. Um, and it was pretty much like that. And then I was like, I, I had that kind of fantasy where I was like, what if I become rich and famous? Because like, what if I just become famous, you know, off of like singing and stuff like that? But then I was right. like, nah, I quickly realized like afterwards, like maybe not. And then so, you know, I went on with like normal, like secondary school and then it was during A-levels. Um, and this was like right before Berkeley. I was just like on a completely different trajectory. I was doing my A-levels and like maths, chemistry, econs. Right. And I had no idea what I wanted to do in my life at that point. Like, I really didn't feel super attached to anything. But I somehow landed on this path to do accounting and finance. I mean, I was like basically on this trajectory to do accounting and finance at uni. That's what I applied for. Um, but it was not something that like I had any passion for whatsoever. But, you know, I like my mom was like, you know, there's, you know, it's a pretty stable job. You'll every company looks needs an accountant. And All I was right. like, you know what? That's true. Like, you know, <laughs> money, stability. That sounds like a pretty good deal. Um, so, yeah, I applied and everything. And I think like right after that, I just like quickly like regretted it. And I was like, what have I done? I, I was like, I signed up to basically do something that I have no passion for the next few years and potentially the rest of my life just for the sake of like stability. So it quickly became like a low point in my life. And around the same time, there, my college just started this music production club mm. and it sounded really cool. I was like, what is this? And I went to check it out and then discovered Logic, which is like this digital audio workstation that basically creates a lot of 
many of the songs that you hear on the radio. And I was like, kind of like mind blown in that moment. Cause I was like, whoa. So like radio is not just like this magical box that creates all these like bangers. There's actually like a craft behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a whole process. And like, I basically learned what music production was. Um, and I was like, this is so cool. But I didn't have Logic, so I, but I had GarageBand. So for the rest of my time at A-Levels, I was making these really trashy demos on GarageBand on my laptop. Um, but that was kind of how I started songwriting and music production. Um, and it was just really, I really fell in love. That was the point I would say. I fell in love with music. And at the same time, I think that was how I discovered that was when I decided, okay, I want to do this. Gold is pouring from my window as the dawn breaks through. At that point, did you, you know, were you already, you know, musically inclined in the sense um, of, do you, did you know how to play musical instruments? Um, did you go for piano classes when, when you were a kid and, and, and throughout your life? Yeah, um, so I was, I grew up with like some um, classical like violin and piano training. Right. I wasn't very good at it. Um, so I kind of stopped like, early secondary school but I'd always been singing so like I would say like I was pretty like mature in the sense of like vocalists like my vocal abilities Um, because it was something that I practiced a lot too and I think that helped me in terms of like songwriting and like creating melodies and from there I just like start you know I could I could still play piano um, and like at a pretty like amateur level I'd say like chords like basic comping um, but it wasn't anything like I don't think I'm super proficient in like any one instrument right besides yeah so that's so, that's so interesting right um, mm-hmm. wh- what made you finally say I want to you know you, you talk about how um, you know you came across logic and, and it really was this mind-blowing moment for you and then you know being part of this club you just became more and more passionate um, you started to fall in love with music it seems like that was uh, you know happened pretty late later in your life in the sense that you know many people start talking about you know how they want to be a musician since they are six seven years old and they've been playing the piano since they are like five uh, non-stop you know till their fingers bleed and whatnot right um how did you find that transition you know perhaps you know falling in love with music at 18 19 years old then saying you know now i want to go and and actually pursue this full time and and you know and and how how does some someone like that end up in one of the most renowned music schools in the world. Yeah. So when I decided basically I wanted to pursue music, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do my research. Okay, where can I go and do this? Um, and then I discovered Berkeley and like their curriculum. Mm-hmm. And then I discovered that 
they have a transfer program right from Malaysia at a school that starts at a school called International College of Music. So I applied for that school and, you know, stated from the very beginning, like my ultimate goal is like Berkeley and like that whole program at like I did one year of like this foundation of music program over there that was basically like the first two years of Berkeley kind of squashed into like one year. And it was a pretty intensive curriculum, but I learned a lot of music theory in that year um, and a lot of like music history and at the same time developing my instrument as well, which was my voice um, and also gaining a little bit more of like piano comping skills. But that basically was like a training ground for when I applied for Berkeley. And because of that training that I basically received like the Berkeley training before I even like got into Berkeley and when I auditioned, like, it went, it went pretty well, I would say, because uh, Berkeley's, Berkeley offers scholarships as well to everybody who applies. And the better you do in your audition and interview, the more scholarship you get. So I got a pretty good scholarship to go to Berkeley because of that training that I got, I would say, from ICOM. Right. And that kind of helped me get into Berkeley. That's that's really fantastic. Now, um, what sparked because you're doing um you know songwriting and music business why did you decide um to do this music business aspect as well i knew i definitely wanted to do songwriting and when i got to berkeley and when i was looking at like the majors they offered apart from songwriting i saw they had like this music business like um major as well and i was really fascinated by it because it's not really like a thing that anybody talks about that I've never heard of like music business growing up. And I was like, okay. Like I read a bit more about the major and it's basically learning like basically behind all the stars that you know today, Billie Eilish, Dua Lipa, Adele, they, there's a whole industry behind them that makes them them. Right. It's not just them like blowing up one day and now like the world worships them. <laughs> it's like year it's a whole they have there's a whole team they have their own team like each artist has their own team there's a record label that makes it all you know that puts them on the map essentially um there's publishing companies that deals with like copyrights and like songwriting and compositional rights and stuff like that there's a whole like industry and i was just i was really fascinated by it cuz like i would say i grew up in a very business-minded, analytical, like, family. <laughs> like, my both my parents, they do uh, business and finance. Right. I, in school, pe- all people were talking about was, like, economics and stuff like that, for me at least. And so I just naturally was pretty good with, like, I naturally kind of developed, like, that anal- analytical, an analytical and, like, business mind. And so I was really curious to explore that in the music, on the music industry side as well. How has your experience at Berkeley um, shaped your aspirations and goals and, and your perspectives? Because And, and how challenging um, uh, you know, of an experience has it been in Berkeley so far? Because um, you know, you're someone who's talented, but like I said, you are probably within your... In Berkeley, everybody's talented. Right, you know, mm-hmm. everybody there is talented to various degrees. Um, you yeah. have people, like I said, you know, playing the guitar and the piano since they are tr- five years old, till their fingers bleed, and and so on and so forth. What's that experience been like so far? 
100% the imposter syndrome kicked in like the first week I moved in. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like, wow. Like these people, I decided like two years, like a year ago that I was like, I want to do music. These people were like, are either like musical prodigies or like they literally were like playing keys since like they could move their fingers. Right. And they decided from a very young age that music was their life and they had like all this and they've been working at that since. And I was like, what am I doing here? That first like semester was really like, whoa. I mean, I was definitely navigating that for sure. But it was really important for me not to let that like eat up at me mm-hmm. and kind of just use it as sort of fuel to grow and be better. I mean, it was like my first semester and I had like all my time at Berkeley to really become, you know, I mean, there's a lot to catch up on. I'm catching up like on a whole life of like um, musical, like pursuing music. But I think it, it was it was fuel to like become better, you know, work on my craft. But also at the same time, instead of like looking at these people as like competition, like just like talk to them, like talking to them, making friends, like kind of like associating yourself with them. And because eventually we're leaving the school and we're all going to be working together in the industry. It's like you will learn a lot by just like surrounding yourself by creatives. And, you know, I think everybody wants to help each other. So for me, like, being social at the beginning was really important to like start building my network. And at the same time, people were there to help you. They weren't there to like, oh, I'm better than you. You know, they're like, if I had questions, like I could always like ask. And just being surrounded by creatives in general, I think helped shape my mind a bit more than the way that it's kind of been before. Like being surrounded by creatives is like a whole new energy that it's very hard to describe, but it was a it was an interesting time for sure. Let's go for a very quick break. On the show with me today is William Kyung, music business creative. is currently a student at Berkeley in the United States. We will continue our conversation after these messages. Keep it here on Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Refining Success. I'm Dashran Johan and on the show with me today is William Tiong. He's a music business creative and he's currently a final year student in Berkeley in the United States. So, William, um, earlier you talked about how, you know, your parents, um, when you were feeling um, a little bit lost, right, when you, when you didn't know what your next steps are going to be in terms of education, in terms of future career, um, your parents sort of nudged you to become an accountant or to take up accounting in, in school because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a stable job. The, you know, you can see, you know, uh, uh, from this year to this year, you'll make this much. Then from this year to this year, you'll make this much. And it's onward and upwards. That way, um, it's, it's similar like climbing, like climbing the corporate ladder, right, essentially. Um, when you decided that you wanted to pivot um, and then dedicate your life um, or to music, or to pursue music um, in your tertiary education and also as hopefully as a, as a career one day, how did your parents react? They were a little concerned at the beginning, not going to lie, because they, they worked hard 
uh, their whole life to really like make sure that me and my siblings were had a pretty comfortable life. Like I would say I had a very for like I was really fortunate growing up. Like I had I went to good school, um, good education, had food, you know, had shelter, and so obviously the music industry is not known for its money. And I think at the end of the day, their concern lies in the fact that am I gonna? They they shared concern because like one, it's uncertain, and two, money's not great, especially starting out. And it comes from a place. I mean, it comes from a place of love for sure. And while they were concerned, they and they didn't necessarily understand, but I think they still wanted me to be happy in what I wanted to do and. They were still gonna support me if I just really believed in myself, and I believed that this is what I wanted to do, which I, I think I did, you know. And I think over time, especially throughout college, um, they've really grown to become more open um, to what I'm doing. Even though every time I call my mom, she still never understands what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I constantly have to explain like what. Uh, an A and R is, or like what music business is all about, and like, and everything like that. But they don't necessarily understand what I'm doing, but they're being supportive, and I think that's all you can really ask for. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm thankful for that. Did you getting a scholarship sort of ease their concerns a little bit? It's like okay, at, at the, you know, he seems to be on the right path. He seems to know what. Otherwise, you would do, you know they don't give scholarships out to every anyone. So it's like, okay, you got a scholarship and so it's less of a, a financial burden a little bit on, on your parents as well. You're trying to, you know, do this um, as much as you can, um, you know, by us, you know, without burdening um, other people and, and things like that. Were there these sorts of discussions, um, you know, within between you and your family members? Yeah, I mean, they were definitely like really glad I got the scholarship. Right. Like they were like, they were like, I mean, it's kind of like the typical like competitive nature is like you better get the scholarship. But like, <laughs> um, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna promise anything. I'm gonna do my best, and we'll mm -hmm. see what happens. But I think like, and I thankfully I, I did get the scholarship, so it all worked out. But and that definitely helped with the financial, like easing the financial burden for sure. Do you like music as in the, the songwriting aspect, the, the singing aspect, or do you like the business aspect more? The whole reason why I wanted to get into the music industry in the first place was because of music. Mm. Like music really did heal me in that difficult time in A-levels. And the, the act of just creating music was just, it was therapeutic. It was what it like, took me away from like the stress of, you know, having to be, having to get like really good grades, like having to decide what I wanted to do. It was just like, could forget for a second, like what I was, what I needed to do in life when I was just like making music. Mm -hmm. And I think that will carry on as I pursue, you know, a career in the music industry. It's even if I end up on the music business side, music will always still be like what I love most. And I think everybody who wants to work in it, in this industry does it because they love music. Because, yeah, money, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
how do you um you know be, i guess let, before we get we get to some of the bigger picture questions right um describe a typical day in your life right now um because you study in berkeley you are doing um songwriting you're singing you're um, you know you have a focus on music business um you are also a talent relations ambassador so you're also working on campus Um, mm-hmm. Talk to me about how you balance all of this. What does your typical day look like? Okay, so it's definitely different every day. Mm. But and because I'm actively pursuing both music business and songwriting, it's even I would say it's even crazier because most people decide to go for one mm-hmm. only. And but I guess I can describe like maybe an ideal like the ideal typical typical day that has happened before, and like I wake up. You know, maybe like 8 a.m. I'd be at like the gym for like two hours, and then after that, go to first like my first class, go to a couple of classes, go to work, and then maybe I'd have like an evening class, and then at night it'd be the songwriting sessions. Like I'd be in a song, like a session with like a songwriter and a producer, and we'd be writing songs, and then that's the day. But but. The music industry in the music industry, there's no routine, right. so there's no stability like that. Sometimes projects are more there's like hard deadlines mm-hmm. or tight. You don't have a lot of time, so sometimes those songwriting sessions can go till like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Like I find myself having to like record some stuff and then having to do some mixing too, and then because it's due the next day, and then I I have to wake up early the next day to like. To prepare for some work or like finish up some of like the the mixing that I need to do to send off, and it's a lot. A lot of it is um, project based. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. A lot of it is project based, and some projects are more bigger than others that require more time and more time sensitive. So days get shifted around a lot. Like sometimes there's weeks where it's like really busy and then some weeks there it's pretty chill so definitely a lot of variety for sure how do you define success what does the word success mean to you so for me success would mean doing something that i enjoy making a comfortable living out of it and being surrounded by The people that I love. Has your idea of success changed over time? Definitely. <laughs> um, I grew, you know, when I grew up, like my idea of success in like school was like, if I get the A's, if I behave, you know, don't challenge the teacher, listen, be a good per, like be a good and agreeable person. I would be successful in life, right. and that's not at all how it works in the music industry. At least, um, it's you know, I would say if I go to Berkeley, went to my classes, got good grades, and graduated, and that's all I did, I would have considered like my time at Berkeley a complete waste of time. Mm. Um, there definitely a lot of Being successful, I mean, trying to be successful in this industry relies a lot on what you're doing outside of classes and building 
you know, what you're doing to build your actual career. And so a lot of times I have to, you know, I had to unlearn a lot of different things growing up that that typical like, you know, classes, grades, mindset, and like really evaluate like when an opportunity to like meet a songwriter, go to a listening session and hear what a songwriter or A&R has to say about songs. Is that more valuable than like a, a certain class at the time? And I have to make those decisions all the time to really make sure that I'm putting my career first. And yeah, so I would say it's definitely now relying more on like um, what you're doing, you know, how you're driving yourself to your career instead of just following like maybe what somebody else has done in the past. Like, what are you doing to create your own new path? How do you envision your career developing? Because you're already developing your career while on campus. Um, you know, you're building your networks, you're, you're, you're working um, in, in, as a talent relations ambassador. Um, you're, you're doing all these things. Um, you know, because when we look at music industry, right, um, you know, when we look at uh, a lot of the, the famous rock bands, you know, their path isn't going to music school and then, and then you know, be starting a band necessarily. A lot of them, they, they, uh, they start, uh, you know, as a teenager, they start a garage band, they write songs in the garage, and then, you know, a couple of songs, they, they play in, in pubs and bars and, and restaurants until, uh, you know, one day, like one song becomes big and then, you know, that's their big break. Um, even when you look at, I, I love to listen to a lot of metal bands um, and even uh, rap rap artists. Um, um, you know, a lot of the rap artists, they, they come from, you know, let's say very uh, struggling backgrounds and music becomes a way of release. So it's like about making beats with your friends on the streets, in your garage, and then some of them get lucky and they get their big break that way. So it's it's talent plus luck and, and all of that. Um, as someone in a more... when I you know, it's a slightly different path, right? You're taking the more formal path to break into the industry. You're going to tertiary education in music. Um, you're learning music theory. You're learning music business. How does one break into the music industry that way? That way? Uh, I would say connections. Mm. Networking and connections is the key thing that I think was sort of drilled into my mind right. the first day I stepped on campus. Um, you know, because like I said earlier, you could be doing your classes well, but if you're not networking, then what's the point? Because that's essentially what Berkeley is as well, is this incredible connection, like place to network. Right. You're meeting people who are entering the industry at the same time as you. And at the same time, it's a place where you get to meet like a lot of people from the industry who come to look at Berkeley for um, talent. And that's a place for you to, you know, pitch yourself and connect with those people as well. So I would say the person, you don't need like a music degree to get into the music industry, mm. but it it helps a lot for sure. Especially for me, like, not knowing anybody in the US, not knowing like anything, like I just wanted to learn. It was just such a great stepping stone because I already have all these people who are like, who wanted, who want the same things as me. And we, you know, connect over that. And 
find, you know, more connections from connections. So what would you say are some of your short-term and long-term goals in the music industry? My short-term goal right now is like maybe my five-year plan mm-hmm. is to build more credits and as a songwriter, build my portfolio and also at the same time start building my career in the music business side. Right. You know, I'd love to, you know, gain some experience, work my way up in like a record label or management company. Long term, I would love to work across like the international music markets. I love to see, you know, I want to see more of the world. I want to work with, you know, I think the music industry is becoming more globalized too. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to like be a part of that movement of just kind of giving, you know, I think there will come a point where, you know, markets will open up in these smaller countries and then you will have talent, you know, rising from these lesser known countries as well. And I'd love to see, you know, to reach a point where Malaysia becomes like one of those hubs where, you know, the next hit songwriter or next hit artist comes out of here. And I think it's very much looking that way based on how the industry is going. And I think I just want to be a part of that in some way. The details will come. (laughs) But yeah, that's the overarching idea. Do you think this career, this trajectory is something you'll be able to do in Malaysia? Um, Or is it something that at least right now you need to be um, in places like the US or maybe the UK and things like that. And I ask this because um, obviously you can make it big as an artist, even regardless of which country you're from. We have seen, you know, artists from this country who have really made it big on the international circuits. We're talking about, you know, from Siti Norhaliza to Yuna to Namewee mm-hmm. and, um, you know, even in the Tamil scenes, some um, Tamil rappers like Yogi B and all, they have made it big in India. They, are, they have rapped for Tamil films and, and all of that, right? But again, we are talking about people that, you know, got their big break, right? It's not mm-hmm. something you can calculate and say, okay, do this, 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 and then um, this will happen. Um, but when we're talking at, let's say, the music business as a whole, um, you know, talent relations, um, record labels and, and um, all these things, is it something you think can be done in Malaysia right now? Or do you have to be overseas to be able to make a career out of it? It can be done in Malaysia. It's just on a smaller scale hmm. because the industry here is smaller. I do think that like, There are lesser opportunities. And I also feel like, you know, culturally it is a bit more conservative here. So I feel like artistic freedom is also slightly restricted. And I definitely want to support like, you know, artists who want to express themselves like fully too. But, you know, the plus side of being in Malaysia is that it's closer to home. I'm familiar with like the environment and culture. There's less stress. You can let back a bit. You know, it's not too, it's not as like intense as like the US, I feel like. Um, But I think for now, I would love, as of right now, I think I would want to pursue, like I would want to stay here and sort of immerse myself here in like the bigger music market and just sort of see everything. Um, And yeah, 
No, a- absolutely. Because I asked this question, it's more to understand job markets, right? And how mm-hmm. there are certain industries in certain countries that are more mature. Like, you know, I was a film critique. You, you can't build a car- career as a film critique in Malaysia, but you can't perhaps build it the way you can in the US, maybe. You know, because you have a lot more avenues. You have, you know, if you go on Rotten Tomatoes, for example, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of publications in the US, right? In Mal- in Malaysia, you have to, you know, sort of start your own blog, try to, you know, force your way uh, or fight your way into certain established publications and say, you know, I want to write about movies and then think about how that can then, you know, bring in sponsorships and, and so on and so forth. Or you might have to, you know, write about other stuff as well on top of writing about movies. You know, th- things like that, right? So I'm, I'm coming at it from, from more of that angle, like, you know, in the job market and, and how do you see mm-hmm. that? In that sense, I think definitely like, like you're right, the US, it's such a much more bigger market. There's much more opportunities to start a career. There's a lot of different, you know, companies who are opening, um, you know, new labels. There's like new labels, new management companies being started. And there are people who need interns and internships. is like how to really get your foot in the door, basically, with the music industry. And I think in Malaysia, there is, you know, you can intern at like, uh, Warner, Sony, Universal. And I think there are a couple of like smaller companies too. Um, I'm not too familiar with all of them. But I think just in general, to start, I mean, obviously I'm incredibly fortunate to just be here in the US Absolutely. and start my career here. So while I have this opportunity, I think starting here and then maybe building credits and then coming back would be like you know, the way to go. But I think at the same time, for somebody starting in Malaysia, there's definitely a hope the same thing can apply. There's a lot of, you know, there's performance venues that you can volunteer to work at, you know, kind of offer up your service. That's kind of how it works. That's what I've learned. It's like, you kind of have to prove yourself to be valuable. So if you want to get involved, like go to like a show, of, you know, go to shows, you know, talk to the artists after that. Like, hey, if you're interested in the business side, like, ask them, like, are you interested in, like, a manager? Because, like, I'd love to, like, get involved and, you know, start building your way in from that and finding all these different, like, holes in the industry that you can kind of insert yourself in. And I think from there, you could definitely build a career in Malaysia as well in the music industry. You've been, like, like you yourself said, you're a bit of a late bloomer in terms of your love for music. Um, in from that moment, and especially, and then after that, going to Berkeley and and really honing your craft there on a much deeper level. What has been some of the proudest or most memorable moments um, for you, Tasfa? Most recently, like about a year ago, I got accepted into this program at Berkeley called Berkeley Popular Music Institute, and it just completed like in October, and it was like this year long program that basically involves developing Berkeley artists to take them from the Berkeley classroom to like some of the biggest music festivals in the world. Mm. So this summer, I got the chance to work at three different festivals, Lollapalooza, Music Midtown, Sound and Sound, where like artists like Billie Eilish, Lana Del Rey, um, John Mayer, Red Hot Chili Peppers, they were all headlining these 
festivals. And I got to be there to be part of our Berkeley artists management teams and take on all these different roles and learn different avenues of what it takes to put together a music festival. And I think that was just an incredible, incredible experience for somebody who, like me, who's still in college, just trying to work my way into the industry. And that's one of the, I would say that was like one of the proudest moments I've had since I've gotten to Berkeley. I mean, last year I got to do this summer. Uh, last summer I was doing a marketing internship where I got to work with Barbara Streisand's marketing team at Sony too. And basically I was part of like her team to launch and launch her TikTok um, account. And for a whole summer, basically I was creating and posting her TikTok account and was acting as Barbara Streisand on TikTok. That's really wonderful. That's really wonderful. Um, Before we wrap this conversation up, um, for listeners who are perhaps students um, listening in, and they are wondering, you know, what, you know, should I do what you are doing in the sense that I want to, I'm passionate about music. Um, I want to break into the music scene one day. Um, should I study music? Is it worth it? And I'm talking about taking that formal path like, like you are. What advice would you give, um, you know, aspiring individuals who want to follow a similar path in the music industry, especially in Malaysia? First, I just want to say I might be too young to right. speak on this, considering I have a whole career left to pursue. Mm-hmm. But based on what I've, you know, based on kind of my experience so far... Has it been fruitful in order for you? To, has it been fruitful? For you, yeah. Like music education? Yeah. Yes. But you have to make it worth it. Mm. Um, and like I said earlier, it's about those things that you're doing outside of classes to build your whole career. What internships are you applying for? Are you getting involved as much as possible to do it? what it is you want to do? And if that's business, you know, being involved with the music business club, setting up like shows on campus, networking, if it's songwriting, being in sessions every day, you know, writing, collaborating with all these different songwriters, getting, you know, your portfolio together. And to get, so you don't need, I would say you don't need a formal education to get in. It helps for sure, but you don't need it. And to do it without an education, it just means going and like trying to immerse yourself in there. And it's like I mentioned, like going to shows and like talking to like the people who put together the shows and or like cold emailing people who work at like labels i do that and you wouldn't think they respond but sometimes they do and it shocks you and when you get that call back and like you interview that's like your chance to like really like hey i have all this you know i'm really passionate i don't have the experience like i want to and it's like a lot of these people they just want like passionate pe- people who are passionate about music mm-hmm. And when, if you're passionate about music, you can definitely find your way in the music industry, for sure. William, on that note, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. 
That was William Tiong. He's a music business creative currently residing in Boston. He's doing his final year in Berkeley. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.